All the games from a weekend of Victorian top division football. All the games that didn't happen. All the shenanigans. All the players on loan playing against their parent parent clubs. All the random referee encounters that we've had over the weekend. All the uh, random bits of uh, Souvlaki and Shavapi that we've shared. Nick Dubano and Lockie Flanagan here with you for another edition of the NPL Victoria podcast to discuss all of it. And I said the games that did go ahead and the games that didn't because it was a wet and wild weekend. And we did see a few games in uh, multiple divisions cancelled, Nick, including... And I know usually we like to go through the rounds. First of all, how how are you, Nick? Because it was wet and wild. Many people were... uh, at risk, maybe, of, of copping a cold and you're, you're feeling a little bit under yeah. the weather. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Um, yes. Hello, Lockie. I'm, I'm feeling okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've come out from the weekend with a cold. Unfortunately, it wasn't uh, because of the NPL on the weekend. I unfortunately was not able to get out to a game this weekend, Lockie. I had to catch all the action on NPL.tv. Well, so, you're not alone yeah. if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, because we've got a story to tell about you on Friday night because you were supposed to call the Melbourne Knights versus Green Gully game at Knights Stadium. And you then sent a message into the chat. It was, it was Friday night. It was a very cold Friday. Just just for context, if you guys weren't in Melbourne. Yeah, or It wasn't a Stoke type no, situation, it was, but it was cold. It was, it was cold and it was bucketing throughout all of Melbourne. And Knight Stadium just couldn't handle it. And this is the second game postponed out in sunshine this year. And Lockie, you were going to call it. Yeah. And then you sent me a message and you're like, Nick, man, you want to go to Bentley? And Lockie, at that point in time, I'd settled myself in to watch that game from home. But uh yeah, a bit disappointed that you weren't able to head out to Melbourne Knights, but you're a bit of a bear of bad when it comes to you I am, calling Melbourne Knights I am Knights a bad games. omen. And uh, two two. I, I think we, we should, you know, in, in any great review podcast fashion, let's uh, let's start by talking about the game that didn't happen of all the games yep. over the weekend. Um, and, yeah, I, I have to, if you are a Melbourne Knights fan and you're watching in via the, uh, the, the YouTube, the Twitch, the FNR Facebook live stream, or if you're listening on podcasts and you're a... Melbourne Knights sympathiser or even a supporter of maybe one of their sister clubs mm. and you go to their games. Uh, and you, you're downbeat, you're downtrodden about the fact that the game at Knight Stadium on Friday was called off. Vince, sure, you can blame the weather gods, but you really should be blaming me. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because earlier this year, I think it was around 11, mm-hmm. uh, I was scheduled to do a game between Melbourne Knights and the Oakley Cannons at, uh, at Summer Street. We made it 20 minutes into the game before the torrential rain uh, caused the game to be postponed, called off, delayed yeah. by another month. And I thought that that was going to be my one and done for the season. But then I woke up, Nick, man. I woke up really early on Friday. I remember really very, early? I, I woke up quite early. Yep. And I just remember this distinct, like, commentary-style spidey sense overcoming me at, the, at that time because... I woke up to the sound of rain falling yep. outside my apartment and I was like, oh God, oh God, something's going to happen to this game tonight. And sure enough, as I was pounding out notes for the game in the afternoon, I like I fell really deep down a rabbit hole of of like gully. I went all the way back to 2015 on Sports TG what? just to fa- find the amount of times games have been decided by two or more goals. Uh, between right. Gully and Knights because yeah. they usually play really competitive fixtures. Yeah, so right. I was looking forward to it, even though Knights have had a poor season. I thought it was going to be uh, a you river just, because they always dive into the they always run each other close. And yeah. then I'm taking a quick little break. I check my phone and I get a message saying that Knights pitch is underwater 
and no game. And I'm like, oh, God, I've done it again. So I've had two games, two games at Knight Stadium that have been called off this season, only two for the whole year, and both times I've been scheduled to call the game. So uh, Melbourne Knights, if you ever see me... um, Saying, "Oh, looking forward to calling your fixture this weekend." Well, hold your breath. D- yeah, yeah. Cross your fingers. Well, get the rabbit's feet out because uh, apparently, I'm officially bad. a bad omen. But yeah, yeah, a real shame because I thought it was going to be a cracking game. And look, fortunately uh, for for Gully, you know, you thought that this was going to going to mean that they would slip out of of the top six, but mm. they didn't because some of the other results. Um, Probably went their way. Obviously, Heidelberg going down to Port Melbourne, which we'll talk about later. But let's now that we've got the game that didn't happen out of the way, shall we go straight into arguably the biggest game oh, that did? Absolutely, because let's, uh, let's we've got right our we've it. got our match of the yeah. round. And I think while South Melbourne and Dandy Thunder was a very interesting game, I think there was no better or bigger fixture to be found in Victorian football than the Oakley Cannons travelling to Avenger Park this weekend. Obviously, familiar faces for the two of them, having met in the Doherty Cup in the semi-final, you know, just a few days earlier, and there were some missing faces for Avondale. Mm. So, you know, it was all a bit up in the air as to how it was going to go, but in the end, Avondale opened the scoring, but it just progressively got worse from there. Oakley Cannons running out four-one winners in the end over at Avenger Park, and uh, as we always promise to do with our match of the round game, we like to get someone who was actually involved with the game in some capacity to join us. And uh, we're very lucky on this occasion to be speaking to the man who flew solo and presided over this fixture on the day, none other than Steve Curtin, who joins us now. Steve, a very warm, warm welcome to you. Uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on what was a pretty cold Saturday afternoon at Adventure Park. Oh, I cannot hear Steve at the moment, so Uh, he is not there. He's currently uh, at the present moment. Okay, well, yep. while we're waiting for Steve, let's jump while, into while we uh, take me in a different direction. Nick yep. I'm going to put the heat on you. Yep. We'll save, we'll keep our powder dry on Avondale yep. Oakley yep. for now. Yep. Where are you yep. going yep. to take yep. me yep. next? Uh, there was one other Friday night <clears throat> game. Why, that, why, that why, took why place? don't we go to the big other, like, sort of top six battle between Port Melbourne and Heidelberg, Lockie? Because that had a lot to sort of, had a big say in terms of how the round ended and where Port Melbourne might shape up. We said, you know, they're kind of in their own little island in third, and Heidelberg were chasing down the top six and riding the hunt for a finals appearance. And Port Melbourne, tell you what, like we said it that, you know, we were expecting a tight game uh, between these two teams, but this was anything but. Port Melbourne, 4-0 winners. This isn't a team that haven't won a lot of games by big margins. They've won a lot of games, but not by not like this. And Adam Piddick's side just putting Heidelberg to the sword. Chris Duggan with a hat-trick. Um, Dunn adding the fourth late on as well. Massive win for them. But for Heidelberg, that's a big, big defeat, not only in terms of their um, top six sort of hopes, but it's a massive hit to their goal difference, which was at six before the game down to two. So their goal difference um, right now is behind Green Gullies. And they're a tie on points with Green Gully at the moment, Lockie. So if they had lost maybe by a goal or two, you know, their their goal difference would have stayed. Mm. They would have been quite close. But at the moment, Green Gully have got their noses ahead. But Port Melbourne, they looked good. And right now... They're looking odds on, in my opinion, to wrap up a home final, at least a home elimination final. They're five points behind Oakley. But what a massive result for them just to keep up the pace and 
keep doing what they've been doing. They have flown under the radar all season. Uh, 13 wins from 21 games. The four draws, the four defeats. Only conceded 20 goals all season. Only South Melbourne has a better defense than them this year with 18. So they have been sensational. Chris Duggins had a very good season and scoring a hat-trick, you know, takes him up to 11 goals on the season. He's kind of with all the the high NRI strikers at the top of the of the MPL golden boot, Lockie. He's kind of flown under the radar because you've got Harrison Sawyer on 17, Wade Decker on 14, and a three-way tie between him, Chris Duggan, Joe Knowles, and Kane Shepard with 11, and Josh Bingham just behind them on 10. So a lot of guys in there who have been there and done that, the highest level have played in the A-League or played overseas, like what some of these guys have. And Chris Duggan has kind of emerged from the mire and he scored 11 goals in 15 games. So his goal to game average is the best out of all of those players, which is quite incredible. So he's having some season and one player to really keep an eye on as this season progresses. But for Heidelberg, very, very disappointing, Lockie. Um, Just weren't in it at all from the start. Jumped early and it just always seemed like it was going to be a big mountain for them to climb. Um, it's a disappointing result for them. They've now dropped five points out mm. of their last six. That's three well, straight road games as well, Lockie. And, you know, look, they do have a, a very favorable next month coming up. Their next four of their last five games are all back at Olympic Village. Um, but it's a it's a big loss for them. So they're going to have to steady the ship in the next two games against two relegation fancied sides or teams down near the bottom in Hume and Dandy City. So a lot on the line there, but you know you want to be able, you want to be getting those results against the big sides like they have done already this mm. season by beating South Melbourne, beating Oakley. But it's just disappointing to see them not only lose against Port Melbourne but lose in the manner that they did. Yeah, and I think it is as you said a really big missed opportunity for for Heidelberg United. Obviously, they've pulled off some pretty impressive upset wins over some of the bigger teams in this league. They've beaten the top two. They just couldn't extend that list down to the to the top three. I think the fact that they conceded first in this game, a penalty, uh, conceded in, in a way that it was a bit of a sloppy challenge from from Aiden Fedhajic, I thought. It didn't need to be to be given away necessarily, and that really uh, set the tone. But let's not forget, even if it would have been against uh, over the top of a gully side that ha- will have a game in hand, they could mm. have been in a six even with a point yeah. in this game. So they could have battened down the hatches, gotten a point, and at least had that yeah. psychological advantage of being inside the six, which does make a really, really big um, big impact. But obviously, Duggan opened the scoring from the penalty spot, and then you have the own goal. Yeah. And was well, it, once well, you allow Port to settle into a rhythm, like, yes, mm. they can play the ball in the deck, but they were also, uh, in the past two weeks in particular, shown that they're a really good side uh, on the break. And the pleasing thing for them is we've been praising their defense all season. The one sort of uh, critique of them is that they, they're not scoring quite enough goals. But four goals... Back in back-to-back fixtures, only one conceded over that time is is pretty darn good going. Well, it, it helped. Uh, you, you mentioned the own goal, Lockie. It's actually gone down as Duggins. So mm. on Sports TG, they've given it to Chris Duggan, even though it did look like it came off Milan Roberts. Mm, okay. So Duggan, Interesting, as you said, he's up to, I, I up to 11 goals that, now. that a matter of minutes ago, just to make sure I was remembering yeah, it correctly. I, I can't the, the, quite recall the Chris Duggan touch. Maybe it was a it was a Pat Langlois-esque kind of yeah. touch where Brad Norton just whacked it towards the Dandy Thunder goal and Langlois with the famous, famous little nick. Just one last thing in terms of a horror day. Uh, Brendan White, yes. you know, with that fresh air, he ran off his line and that reminds me, uh, uh, like it's you've seen that happen so many times where a goalkeeper comes rushing off their line, and when they go for the big hoof and try and make like 
connection on the half volley and clear it away. It's such a risky game to play because if you don't connect mm. and the ball rolls by you, that's it. And a bit unfortunate for Brendan White. Um, he's had a tough season since coming along from Heidelberg. Hasn't been able to Well, really... he's had a lot to contend with, hasn't he? Yeah, he Nick, obviously... Nick Erish has been, the, the, has been the, the guy between the sticks. Well, he, I mean, year. Brendan White did start the season off injured and that sort of allowed Nick Erish to, mm. to get that run. Then he wrestled it back. But unfortunately, I think the thing that concerned me for, for Brendan White is that you know, usually over the course of a season, especially for a keeper towards the top six, even stretching towards the top four, you're always accounting for one keeper error in a season. I mean, Lord knows Avondale's two keepers prior to, or even this one this weekend, which we'll talk mm. about soon, uh, have been capable of an individual error yeah. now and again. Uh, but you don't often account for two. And I think that's the concerning thing. It's like I've been really impressed with Brendan White's uh, Shot stopping to an extent, particularly his command of his penalty yeah. area, I think is something that he's really, really strong at. Obviously, he's got tall timber in his central mm. defense, which doesn't doesn't hurt. But yeah, he's amazing claiming crosses and doing yeah. those kind of things. Like he took a one handed grab in the Oakley yeah. game, like literally caught across with one hand, which is crazy. Very, very impressive. But the errors do. He just seemed to have that kind of thing in his game because it wasn't all that long ago where at Olympic Village in the pouring rain against the Bentley Greens, he also committed a uh, a similar blunder that allowed Bentley to grab um, an equaliser yeah. when they you know, eventually ended up tying that game, if yeah. memory serves me correctly. So that's definitely something that he's going to need Let's, to work on and, and iron yeah. things out. But uh, yeah, they're... Misfortune or their their poor performance in this game not only cost them a spot in the six, maybe have even cost them a, a spot in the top four. Another team who are slipping, mm, slipping and sliding, slipping away at a great pace from that top four. But mm. they, I think they're still just hanging in there. They are hanging on for dear life at the moment. Is the, the team we were talking about before. Uh, Avondale, they went down 4-1 to the Oakley Cannons. And uh, at the second time of asking, I'm going to bring in our man for the match of the round, uh, the solo commentator on the day, Steve Curtin. Steve, have you recovered from the uh, the stunning and the shock of uh, of Oakley Cannons for Avondale 1 at Avenger Park on Saturday? Oh, look, I've got to be honest, Lockie. It's taken me perhaps a couple of days, a bit of uh, first and second day soreness after that jarring performance uh, in the second half from Avondale, I suppose. But uh, what a performance uh, it was from the Oakley Cannons, particularly after they equalised with the last touch of the first half. And then they really went on with it after that. And uh, they are looking uh, the team to beat. We've been saying it for a long time, but they just confirmed it again on the weekend. Hey, Steve. Um, I mean, very physical game. Just having a look at um, some some of the cards here. Six yellow cards for Avondale. Getting a bit frustrated in that second half. Was that something that you noticed as Oakley were able to sort of stamp their authority on the game? Obviously, Oscar Dillon put him ahead early. And it just seemed like from that point on, everything just unraveled for them. Yeah, that's a good shout, I think, Nick. Um, it was always going to be a physical game. We saw them play on the Tuesday night, and there was a lot of feeling even after the full-time whistle in that Doherty Cup semifinal. We knew it was going to be on, and then Avondale did everything they could to try and exert a bit of authority in the second half when the game was slipping away. But, yeah, it just didn't work out, and there was a lot of late tackles flying in. And, and probably considering the amount of late tackles that did come in, the, both sets of players did well to keep their heads and not have it really sort of boil over because this was the kind of game where you thought there could have been a bit of a melee take place perhaps in the second half as a bit of tension ensued. But I think when an Oakley Cannons just started running away with the game, it, uh, it really let um, – the, the tension ended up just sort of going away, sort of bubbling away in Avondale. 
uh, ended up, uh, you know, giving an opportunity to a few uh, youngsters, the likes of uh, Marinkovic and Grimsditch getting on the field and uh, having a run, which was, uh, I guess, good to see from an Avondale point of view, uh, a positive for them, perhaps. I, w- I will admit to uh, to having only seen the highlights of this game because I was, I was over in the southeast uh, commentating at the time, uh, doing doing the NPL two. But Milos Marinkovic, I saw a photo of him on the Avondale socials. He just, I didn't get to watch a single second of him play, but he just has that. He looks like a footballer. You know, you know those kind of dudes who give off the vibe like you're, you've got that kind of um, professional element. I don't know. I'll be keeping my eyes on a. Milos Marinkovic, uh, but the reason he was in uh, in the Avondale fold this week was because of the amount of players that were missing for the Avengers, Steve. Obviously, no Manny Agwek, no Liam Boland, both of whom were part of the side that lost in the uh, Doherty Cup semi, no Stefan Valentini as well. I mean, 4-1 is a pretty resounding scoreline. Obviously, those are three big, big lights to be taken out of a side. Would they have made a sizable difference in impact to this scoreline, do you think? I don't know. How did you see um, Avondale's attacking performance in the uh, in the absence of those three? And how did you particularly see uh, Yusuf Ahmed go? Because I saw he got his uh, first goal of the MPL Victoria season. Yeah, look, it was a bright start for Avondale in this one. They came out and I think they just ran out of steam. They did what they could. They gave Liston Diaz the start. We haven't seen a lot of him in the starting 11 at all. He's been an impact player and he certainly had an impact in that first 20 or 30 minutes playing uh, in, in the left uh, left flank in the in the 4-3-3 from uh, Zoran Markovsky's side. And Yusuf Ahmed, he did his job as well. And they formed a good little triangle, I suppose, with uh, you know one of their number eights, uh, Christian Trajescu, who's always involved in being the creative influencer in their game. And, you know, it was his, uh, you know, brilliance that set up Yusuf Ahmed to open the scoring. And and they probably des- deserved the goal as well when they did go 1-0 ahead on 41 minutes. So they'd had uh, the bulk of possession, as we knew they would, but also probably more opportunities. And they just fired a few over the bar and wide from uh, outside the box. They weren't afraid to sort of fire almost uh, shooting on side almost mm. I think I said at one point in the first half with the likes of Ute Towns trying their luck from distance they have got a few players that can certainly uh, trouble keepers from long range and, and they, they deserved I think their lead in the the first half but then of course uh, Tyson Holmes scoring his second goal in the space of a few days against Avondale with the uh, the last uh, kick of the first half that that really turned things around and you could see Oakley Cannons all um, got together and jogged off the field with their, their heads held high because they knew they had the momentum going into the second half. And boy, did they ever with uh, Oscar Dillon and Aaron Williams, both centre-backs getting on the score sheets. And, you know, if you mention, you know, Tyson Holmes in a number six position, they're getting goals from all parts mm. of the field. So they've mm. got that stellar line of three that sit just behind Daniel Clark. And, and what an influence he is as well. He's not the star of the team, but he's got such an important function in, uh, in Chris Taylor's side. Uh, but they're getting goals, as I said, from all parts of the field. And uh, that goal from uh, Aaron Williams was uh, mm. something was else say, as well, the, the way he took scored. it. <laughs> it wasn't the goal, a typical goal of a central defender. I think everyone will agree on that. Well, it, it's funny because Tyson Holmes has now scored um, two goals in mm. successive games against Avenue. This is maybe some karmic retribution because I, I seem to recall him scoring uh, an own goal or two in a in a semi famous semi final mm. uh, against Avondale when he was still a Bentley Green back in uh, what was it twenty eighteen twenty eighteen yeah yeah and he scored no, so maybe yeah, this yeah. is just a karmic retribution for him yeah absolutely and um, Steve I mean you've seen quite a bit of Avondale this season are you at all concerned about 
where they're at at the moment. There's five games to go in this regular season. They're fifth. They're a point clear of Heidelberg. Obviously, it's a bit of a log jam at the moment between fourth and seventh, and Dandy Thunder are kind of thereabouts. Are you worried about them? Even if they do sneak in, do you see them being able to do much damage? Because, you know, we know they've had a lot of injuries this season, but recently they've just been so stuttering with their form. How have you kind of seen it? Yeah, they need to get some stability going. And they looked pretty good a few weeks ago when they all beat against an Auburn's where they comprehensively uh, beat them. It was 3-0 at halftime and they looked like, the, you know, Avondale of old, I suppose. But yeah, a lot of instability, changing, you know, changing a keeper, you're missing Rory Bryan and bringing in Tom Yonkerman, who, who looks pretty steady. I mean, he did make one mistake on the weekend, but he looks pretty steady at this level to be a good keeper. Uh, Mario Barcia's departure as well has left them a bit thin mm. on the ground, I think, in that defensive midfield area. They're really, really heavily relying on Utah Towns to be there and be in top form, I think, for the rest of the season as the way their squad looks. Look, they're going to get Manny Agwerk and Liam Bowen back for this week. Um, Steph Ballantini and Brandon Lundy, well, they were seen at the ground on the weekend doing a bit of fitness work pre-match. So, you know, if, if they're not too far away and they can get those players in, that uh, certainly gives some hope. And who knows, maybe we'll see the return of Golgol Mabratu after his yeah. unfortunate one-minute cameo. And uh, that would be a good story if he can come back from that hamstring injury mm. and make it into the starting team again or at least uh, play a role off the bench, I suppose, is maybe more of a possibility. And conversely, for Oakley, uh, Steve, I mean, next it doesn't get bigger than, than this this Saturday against South Melbourne, and they're right on the doorstep of, you know, leapfrogging them and... I mean, rubbing a bit of extra salt in the wounds in Avondale, not just beating them in the Doherty Cup semi, not only beating them last Saturday, but pinching the 2021 Premiership. I mean, they've been in some ridiculous form as of late. How, I guess, have you seen um, Oakley and how they're sort of priming themselves towards um, as we get closer towards finals? Yeah, I think the key for them is their stability. They know what they're doing each week. They don't make too many changes. Of course, we know what Chris Taylor's uh, tactics are. It's very... Um, the players know their roles inside and out. They don't make too many changes. Ryan Losty had a run at left back on the weekend. Of course, they're missing Hamish Miller in that position. They've tried different players. Uh, Anthony Pantazopoulos came on and played left back uh, for the second half. And he, he had a bit of chat too as well with some of the Avondale opponents that I overheard, which was interesting as well. So the youngster had a lot to say there, which was uh, always good, I suppose. But yeah, look, they look very steady. Everyone is playing their role very well. The defense is going good. And, and that front four is... Uh, is among the best in the business because the way that they play, they may well allow you the ball, but as soon as you turn it over, they will break with uh, devastating efficiency. And that final goal that was finished by Joe Knowles in the 89th minute was uh, a volley that was uh, come from across from Joe Guest. And, and it was a volley that reminded me of something out of maybe FIFA 99 or something like that, the way yeah. he took the goal. He took it very well, but unfortunately I think his card on the weekend that he received was his fifth of the season, which would rule him out of the South Melbourne match this week, which is a huge shame. That is a massive, massive out because he was exactly the player that I was uh, about to to ask you specifically about, Steve. Because I, I know Nick here was uh, was particularly taken by that that uh, that volleyed effort. The, the way he sort of um, not just sort of activates that scissor style kick, but takes it on the move. It really was yeah. quite um, quite marvelous. And I know that that Nick and I have uh, have had some little uh, murmurs that that Joe Knowles is currently uh, managing his. NPL Victoria commitments with uh, with potentially some time trialling at uh, at A League clubs uh, mm. elsewhere. So um, he's a busy man. Keep an eye on it. That's yeah, what I'm keep saying. keep a close mm. eye on it. Uh, he won't be playing this weekend, so that is a, a massive, massive shame. I guess South Melbourne have. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you the Joe Knowles question because he's he's not relevant to the game that's coming up. That's what I really want to ask you about. Mm. No Joe Knowles for Oakley. Uh, no Lira Melmazi for South Melbourne. Not not quite the same, but still you know absentees <laughs> nonetheless. Um, Oakley have just continued to tick along, punishing mistakes as you said. They have almost been, with the possible exception of South Melbourne, the most consistent side this year. And now they get the chance to face each other once again at Lakeside. Oakley can get within a point of South Melbourne with a with a win in this game. How do you see it going down? It is arguably the game of the season so far. Yeah, I think it's up to some other players to step up and cover that loss of Joe Knowles. And perhaps the man who can do that is Wade Decker. He was a little bit quieter on the weekend, but we've seen him when he gets uh, into the thick of it. You know, he's capable of scoring a lot of goals very quickly. And uh, look, I think they're going to have to look for players like him to perhaps step up. It will be a big game, of course, for Daniel Clark for obvious reasons. He'll be looking to do well. But I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a big loss. Uh, obviously, Liramel Marzi out for South Melbourne is someone that they can probably cover. They've got a bit of depth in that area of the park. Uh, whereas, yeah, like the, the Oakley squad is not a huge deep squad. So the important thing is that they do keep their players fit and injury-free. And um, I'm sure they're willing to cop a, you know, a one-game suspension as long as they can keep everyone fit and healthy going into the, the finals. I think, look, I'm thinking that home turf advantage will mean that uh, I like Oakley more than South Melbourne uh, in the balance of play and what they've delivered. But I think the home ground advantage might see, maybe we'll, we'll see a score draw in this particular match. Okay, Steve. Two two things before we uh, before we let you go. First of all, can I trouble you for a, an exact score prediction? Just <laughs> just to really put you on the spot, I can uh, I can chase you up about it later in the week. Uh, let's just go with one one. That's a nice safe one one. Very safe. Very and uh, safe. and and finally, Steve, uh, can you drop us the exclusive? Uh, I know that Monday is usually uh, assignment day in the commentary. Okay, but uh, if people want to listen to your commentary this weekend, uh, can you tell us which game they'll be able to do that in? Oh, look, this is top secret information. I know like, Brenton sure Ray will be like, the spidey sense will be going off right now for him. He'll <laughs> be on Twitter soon. As he don't compiles you his <laughs> exclusive report of uh, of who has what game. But which game are you on this weekend, Steve? Yeah. People want to listen. Shout out to Brenton Ray, as you mentioned. Uh, look, if you want to hear us, you might be hearing us perhaps on Friday night in a battle between two teams that are located very close together in Melbourne's northwest, if that's not cryptic enough for you. Interesting, yeah. interesting. Keeping the cards very close to his chest. So we Brenton is going to have to. You guys can do your homework. He's going to go and. Uh, go off and do his digging and uh, in the meantime while Brenton's searching for the uh, the relevant <laughs> game and I'm sure you guys all are at home as well uh, we're going to let Steve go and uh, whichever game that is between two Northwestern teams Steve uh, we'll be watching and uh, excited to listen to you over the weekend uh, thanks very much for your time thanks very much Nick and thanks Lockie good evening Perfect. Steve Curtin, NPL Victoria commentator extraordinaire he has been uh, the voice of uh, some pretty big matches this season particularly involving the Avengers in a one-all prediction for uh, mm. South Melbourne Avondale at Lakeside. No, absolutely, and we'll talk about that one a little bit later on, Lockie, because that's going to be a mouth-watering game, to say the least. Let's stay at Lakeside. Let's uh, let's start to move through these games quite a bit of a rapid-fire pace, Lockie, but let's head over to Lakeside. Saturday night football from last week. The red-hot Dandenong Thunder coming to South Melbourne's home turf for that one. Um Dandy Thunder taking the lead. It looked like the upset was on the cards. It looked like that the the potential finals push was there. It was it was it was looking real lucky. For a second I was getting excited, but parody um was quickly restored as South Melbourne were able to equalize through Harrison Sawyer just before halftime and then eventually going on to win the game through Pat Langler. 
Now, it's it's just a customary South Melbourne win, the inevitable comeback. They keep top spot for now. But for Dandy Thunder, so, so unlucky that they weren't able to go on and at least get something from a game that I thought they at least deserved something from. And it's just a shame if they'd won Lockie, they'd only be two points behind Green Gully. We know Green Gully's got that Mm. game in hand, but they'd be just three points behind Avondale. So is that it for Dandy Thunder or are you still bullish? Because you went early. You said, I reckon that they can do it. Or are you you putting the, uh, the line through them? I don't know, Nick, because I I actually went to this game. Yes, uh, I I made it home from from Lang Warren. I live in South Yarra, and I just it was like six thirty, and I was like, "Hey, I only live ten minutes away from Lakeside. <laughs> okay. I could actually go." And so yeah. I did, um, and I'm glad I did because it was a it was a very very good game. Uh, South Melbourne actually, despite conceding first, came flying out of the blocks. They were peppering the goals in the first thirty peppering. minutes. Uh, Noah James had an outstanding game, I thought, in the goal for Thunder. Uh, back-to-back games where he's been really, really impressive. If anything, he was better in this game than in the last game where he won man of the match for the wow. Thunder. It's just that the result didn't go his way this time. But anyway, uh, somewhat against the run of play, Ken McGill obviously scored, as you said. Yep. But then the Thunder really, really like took charge. They had a very good stretch in this game where mm. uh, South almost seemed quite unsettled and Thunder started to to dominate. And then, obviously, after South get the goal, uh, the penalty equaliser, and they take that into the sheds, it made things a little bit easier. Yep. But it was completely up for grabs for a, for a very long time. Obviously, Thunder fancied themselves of getting a late equaliser too when uh, El Marzi got sent off. But, yeah, I almost think this was the um, the perfect game mm. for South Melbourne to have going into the weekend's yep. fixture against Oakley. Like a dandy Thunder side who we know are a really good momentum team and did perform really well in this game again, I mm. thought, were could have, you know, justifiably taken a point out of it. Um, not the kind of side you want to face. You know, you don't want to get an upset loss to kind of unsettle the camp yeah. heading into a top-of-the-table clash. Absolutely. But they were challenged, they held firm, and they got the win. And I think that is absolutely what you want going into a game against Oakley. Meanwhile, it is disappointing for Thunder, as you said. If they got a win, yep. they'd only be two points away. But I wouldn't be completely disheartened. I think even if not for this season, and there's still a chance. There's still a there's chance. Still a chance. I'm not. A chance. I'm not drawing the line through their final so just Fair yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. But again, I was really impressed with what I saw with Frangie and Scott Lockhead coming in. Again, I thought Lockhead was uh, particularly impressive. Uh, I think we're starting to see what can happen with yep. this this Thunderside in coming seasons. Maybe need a bit more of a dynamic yep. striker, a bit, bit more athletic, uh, like a, a target. It feels like they get a lot of good balls into the area, don't necessarily have someone mm. there. I know James Poole is a great player, but he's not necessarily playing mm. at uh, 100%, without yep. going into too much detail, 100% uh, physical capacity at the moment. So the running is not um, not able to do as much of that as, as he would have liked. So yep. maybe they need to switch up there. But yeah, I, I, I think we're starting to see what... what you know, this Thunder side yeah. is, is going to look like. Well, the Thunder host Bentley Greens on Saturday night. So if you're not heading out to Lakeside, make sure you head out to out to Dandenong. Yes, and if you do come there, uh, you can come and say hello to has me. Because that's where I will be. down at our George Andrews Reserve and say yes. hello to uh, Bob Brown as well, who will be uh, here his dulcet tones on the ground announcing microphone. Yes. So you yes. have Lockie in one ear 
and Bob Brown in yellow. But uh, it's going to be a great game. Dandy Thunder taking on Bentley Greens. We'll talk about that one a little bit later. Well, again, if the Greens get the, uh, if the Thunder get the winner, they're, the they're right, in they're right back in. Yeah. So let's go to Bentley Greens. Let's talk about their three 0 win against Eastern Lions. Quite elementary for them. Yes. Took the lead rather early, so the already tough task for Eastern Lions just got that little bit tougher inside the first five minutes. They were able to hold strong and keep the game at 1-0 for a little while until Bentley were just able to run over in the end, seal the win. They're in some great form at the moment, Bentley. Um, their undefeated streak, if my maths is correct, does it, they haven't lost since the 28th of May, and that came all the way back against South Melbourne. So, mm. And that's gone. funny, isn't it? Because I remember yeah. how much concern we were talking about them when they got that draw against yeah. St. Albans, but... Yeah, they've steadied things over the last couple of weeks. Well, and weeks with, yeah, yeah and they they goals. haven't conceded in four games as well. So that's a very, very mm. um, sort of you know promising sign going into this run because it's going to get harder for teams like Bentley. And just a bit of a side note, Australia Cup starting next week. And just as a heads up for those oh, keeping an eye Australia on their Cup fixtures, um, after Bentley play Dandy Thunder next Saturday, they take on Broadmeadow at Kingston Heath on Thursday night. So their game against Oakley the following week is now on the 25th on the Monday night. So don't go on Friday because they're not playing on back-to-back days. Go on the Monday because it's going to get tough for these teams. And obviously Oakley are actually playing as well on that Thursday night and so are Avondale. Yeah, they've got a Bonnie rig. Yep, so they're obviously Oakley heading up to New South Wales, but Avondale going to the Northern Territory Mm. to take on Mindil Aces. And they've only got to play right now. Sorry to dovetail, but... They're still scheduled to play on the 23rd against Port Melbourne. You'd have to think that game is going to get moved because that is a one-day turnaround. Well, and you know they would want it moved, and I'll tell you why they'd want it moved, because that game is their last game in the 2021 yeah, title. Yeah, and if so they're still you would alive. not want to be at not 100% <laughs> yeah. for that game because this weekend could decide yeah. it. I think if, if, if uh, Avondale win, well, uh, if, sorry, if, if, if South win, Melbourne wins... Uh, Avondale stays alive. Avondale stays but if, alive. I think Oakley just needs a point, if yeah, I'm a point, correct. Yeah. A, point, a point would do it for them. But if South get the win, and I, I'll get Nick to uh, to run the numbers now and confirm that for me, yep. but if South get the win, then Avondale have that chance against Port Melbourne to make the 21, 2021 so, title theirs. Oakley's on 50 points. Avondale's on 48. Now, Ooh, so, uh, is, so but, a draw doesn't actually guarantee it because their is, goal is, difference is, goal is very difference, close. It's not tiebreakers in here, is it? It's goal difference. I think it would be goal difference. So if it's goal difference, their goal difference is both 22. So right any now. win would do it. So Oakley needs to win to wrap it up. Mm. So, so you'd be wanting to make sure yeah. that game against Port Melbourne is not playing off yeah. the like the 24-hour or 48-hour break coming back so from the Northern Territory. Going back, going so going back, back to, to Friday Bentley Greens, Lions. Bentley, too good. They are lo- they're into fourth place. They've got that two-point gap on Heidelberg right now. They're, they're firming quite well going into finals. They're probably in the best lot of form out of that log jam of about five, yes. six teams at the moment. Yeah. And for Eastern Lions, Lockie, we say, it feels like we say the same thing every week. Um, they right now are actually two points away from relegation after Hume's so win. So it could be. So, could be yeah, they're weekend. 13 points inside, 15 possible points left. So if they don't beat, yep, it's confirmed. They do not beat Melbourne Knights at home where they have oh, not gotten the, the point Knights. all season. And Melbourne Knights have been shaky. Don't worry, I'm Eastern not doing Lions. that game. It's not going to get caught off no. from the weather. So Eastern Lions needs to win, but if they win and Hume City also wins against Heidelberg on Sunday, 
then it will be relegation confirmed anyway. for Eastern yeah, Lions. I don't, I don't really have too much to say about this game as yeah. a uh, as a footballing contest because let's be it's quite all permutations. Honest, it wasn't one. Game. Literally, the only interesting things for me. Uh, nice goal from from Jump and Ajax React. Yeah, uh, very uh, nice goal. It's very hard to get. I think I, I think he was watching our South Melbourne Danny Thunder as well. Uh, Ajax React, if you're listening. Uh, let me know if you're at Lakeside on Saturday because I thought I saw you there. But I'm 100% convinced. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the only bit I wanted to to, to bring up was uh, obviously there was a big former Eastern Lions name playing and starting for Bentley. Yeah, Drustus. Chris, Chris Drustus. And boy, oh boy, he was he was fired up. He yeah. got uh, not the assist but the key pass for the first goal uh, and, and took the penalty. penalty for the second. And you're expecting you're expecting Chris. Uh, Chris Drutzis, the history he's had with the Eastern Lions. I mean, he was a man who got promoted, you know, helped yeah, take this team from Bentley into to Eastern the top. Lions yeah, well, went to yeah. Eastern Lions, took them up to the top flight. Uh, top flight that was one of those like essential members of the of the squad alongside his brother. Given the situation that Eastern are in now, you would have expected the you know the two hands up. I've just scored against my former club. Muted celebration. Mm. You know, uh, all love and all love and respect. No. Nope. He goes for the. He runs towards his new bench, does the full shush, yeah, everything. I was, I, I loved it. So you have I, to I, wonder what's going on there. You do wonder because but, you know, obviously, these are all uh, Costi Pushkashu yeah. players, Lockie. These Lord, aren't taking these aren't off Andrea Lombardo players. That's true. But taking off my media person uh, hat for a second because I wasn't doing this game; I was mm. just watching it and uh, putting on my appreciator of um, of bleep housery, yeah, uh, you know, backwards cap. Love it. Love yeah, that sort of stuff from Chris Drutis. Keep it up, mate. Well, let's move on to the other sort of relegation battle. And Dandy City are still alive, coming from behind against Altona to win yeah. 2-1. Thanks to, well, the on-loan man. And we got and confirmation we that he can play. We were wondering about this. Yep. Wondering, can he play? Well, yes, he did play, and he had a sizable sizable impact. Tommy Semi, of course. Yeah, Tommy Semi with a brilliant assist for Cooper Legrand and then winning the penalty, which led to Nick Kalmar dispatching and giving Dandy City a win. It took him at that point equal with Hume City uh, until Hume did win the following day against St. Albans. But Altona, four losses in a row, seven points away from the drop. Lockie, I said it last week, I have concerns about Altona. And wow. their last four games, they have four not straight, looked great. Four, four straight, straight losses. losses. And got the, uh, Dan- right in front of me. Dandy City at the moment are starting to maybe get some points on the board. And they're, 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 it's a big win for them. It's a massive win for Lubin Palahniuk's side. Yeah, um, That's two wins from their last well, how, uh, five. My or- question, how would you be feeling if you're, if you're Savas Patikas right now? Because obviously you're presumably a person who was heavily involved in in the decision to send Tommy Semi to yeah, Dandenong City, City. Uh, and not include something in the clause for him on, not to play on loan. And you know, it's funny because I was talking about someone with this on Friday night when we obviously speculated mm. last week can he play, can he not play? Uh, I was speaking to someone on Friday who said, even Altona are not 100% sure whether yeah. or not he's available to play. Like it well, was it was that open. They were waiting on Football Victoria to adjudicate. Yeah. Anyway, he played, and I wonder how you'd be feeling about that decision now because he was unbelievable mm. in this game. Obviously won the penalty. Um, oh, sorry, I'll go, go a step back for that. A set up Cooper Legrand with a beautiful run and, and cross mm. into the box for him uh, and then won the penalty, which Nick Kalmar scored to complete the turnaround. I mean, he was literally the key to this result. And now it is still a seven-point gap between Dandenong City and Altona and St. Albans above those yeah. relegation spots. Obviously, Hume City are splitting them too. But, gee, 
You it's would getting be tight. getting, especially because it was one of your old or current yeah. players even, you'd be getting a little bit nervous. And it yeah. is four straight losses. Mind you, you know, some of those have been against Port Burgers and the Cannons before mm. a loss to Dandy City. But the thing that concerns me is Altona, obviously, goal scoring, it's been a problem all season. Nothing new there. Yeah. Uh, they've brought in some new players up front to try and change the balance, potentially. Uh, those last four games, only two goals scored. Yeah. That's not the shock. The concern, the big concern is, is the well, one. they couldn't score. They boy, defend. oh boy, could they defend. Yeah, They well, were, they, they were yeah. one of the best. They were the best outside yep. of probably the top four yep. um, for a large part of the season. But the last four games, obviously no points. They've conceded 10. Mm. Conceded 10. They've, you know what? When you've scored, if you've played more games than you've, uh, you've scored goals in a season at this it's point. No yeah. bueno. They've played 21 games, scored 16. Mm. Um, St. But, when they, but also, when they had the solid defence, that yep, was enough. That was but now that seems to be slipping them by as well, which they is, a, were is just a big issue. Grinding out 1-0 wins. And now, right now, they're they're teetering. And mm. it's I know that third place doesn't, or third last, doesn't have to play the promotion relegation um, uh, you know, playoff anymore. And that's something I think that uh, they would be very glad because Hume's coming home like a house on fire at the moment. Um, but it's... It's getting quite tight for them, and if they and their run over the next few games, Lockie, Avondale, South Melbourne, Bentley in their next three. Mm. Now, talking in a hypothetical sense, they don't get points from those games, and Dandy City just well for Dandy City, it's not much easier no, either. They've got obviously no things is terrible. Port Melbourne, Heidelberg, Avondale, South Melbourne, Bentley Greens. So you'd think that by the weight of Dandy City's run that they will stay up this season, but going into next year, there needs to be a lot of focus on getting, you know, better attacking options and starting to sort out, you know, how can we actually, you know, avoid this sort of situation where we're going to find ourselves late in the season, just hanging on for dear life. Because as mentioned, Lockie, in a different year, they're battling with third place in MPL too. So they're very, very lucky in that sense that the rules have changed and that they will more than likely stay up. But there are concerns in that matter. But Lockie, Let's keep moving because we do have to get through two other tiers as well in a couple more games. Uh, let's go to the final game of the round. Yesterday, Hume City go to Churchill Reserve and getting a late, late winner through Josh Bingham. They're four points, you know, they're three points clear of Dandy City. They they answered Dandy City's challenge after, you know, a massive result for them. They're still three points clear of the drop at the moment. They've got seven points from their last three games. They're starting to get wins at the right time. It's uh, it's starting to look a little bit like blue skies for them. It's they're not entirely out of the woods, but it's a good run of results. While St Albans, similarly to Altona, their bad run continues. They have not won, Lockie, if my maths is correct, since as well the twenty eighth of May. So it's been a month and a half, six games without a win, and they've only scored once in their last six games. So that's another team to keep an eye on in terms of poor form at the moment. But yeah. St Albans just. They're falling into a bit of a holding pattern too. So for Hume, nonetheless, big result for them. And I think that they're looking odds on to stay up right now at least. But big it's it, you know, Josh Bingham coming up in those moments, that's why, you know, he's there. He's been such a, you know, important player for them over the last couple of seasons. He's been their main guy all season and what an important goal it was at the right time. Yeah, I mean a hundred percent. And putting the result in the co- in it's good and proper context as well is important, I think, because Dandenong City, yep. they'd had sort of yep. 24 hours to sit on the fact that Dandenong City had pulled off an upset win over Altona. And look, 
to be honest, this this was not not a an, great game. It was not an incredible game. Uh, I, I I watched it. it. It wasn't amazing. There wasn't a heap of goal mouth opportunity to um to speak of. Arguably, and I think uh, Cade Lucas on the call said as much that probably the busiest person uh, for both teams was the physio because there was a lot of treatment uh, given out to both sides on the day. But look. When you're in that sort of a situation, uh, when you're not like a, a clear victor by any stretch of the imagination, you need big players to stand up. And as we saw right late in the game, uh, that was what Josh Bingham did. Yeah, absolutely. Look, he didn't have much, he didn't have too much to do in terms mm. of the fact that it was just a tap into effectively an empty net, yeah. uh, a good flick across from substitute Brandon Lawton. But yeah, Josh Bingham coming into a nice bit of late season form, which is. Not, as you mentioned, something that can be said about St. Albans. It's almost the mm. two teams that would least want to hit like a bad run of form right now is Altona are falling and St. into Albans, it. Because yeah. we, we talked about uh, Altona's last four games. I want to talk about St. Albans' last seven games. That's uh, Sorry, six games, in fact. One goal. Well, one goal. Yeah. No wins. They are yeah. winless in six, mm-hmm. three draws, three losses. But, yeah, the the big stat, as you said, a single a single goal. And it was it was funny. You kind of... You saw, you kind of got a flash of why, because in the last five five to ten minutes, the game did open up a little bit. There did start to be a few more goal-scoring chances. And right before Josh Bingham scored, almost the preceding play, uh, St. Albans have this great counter-attacking move. Uh, Ivan Razumic, who'd come off the bench, mm. uh, a young player who I really, really rate, uh, gets the ball on the left-hand side. Uh, first time volley, if my memory serves mm-hmm. me correctly, and he blazes it wide. And those are the kind of situations where, yeah, like you said, you can have a solid defense, yep. but if you're not getting enough goals on the other end, eventually it is going to catch up with you. Meanwhile, the other end, you know, Bingham, Assassin, Empty Net makes no mistake. Yep. And obviously, kudos to Goran Lozanovsky. He's done a great job since yep. coming in. And, you know, if you can steer Hume to safety, it's a massive, massive step in the right direction for them. Obviously, Hume, such a big club in, in MPL standards. Usually they're a team that... Um, you know, at least a, comp- a right up there, usually among the top six. Their teams, their, their expectation is to push for finals every year. And unfortunately for them, it's been a tough, tough season for them. They take on Heidelberg away this weekend. They'll be looking to get more points on the board and get that little bit closer to safety while St. Albans on Friday night go to Green Gully. Lockie, let's head over to MPL2 um, because we t- speak about the relegation Please. battle. Well, it's becoming um, less and less of a battle as uh, yeah, as, as time elapses. The we, big sides we, keep losing. The yeah, game. the promotion race has absolutely teased the absolute. Oh, it's like it's actually depressing. I'm going to be honest. This promotion race is becoming quite depressing. I wouldn't use those words. But, it's uh, depressing because we had this point where we had six teams within like a whisker of each other. No, that is true. And now it's the pack separating, so it's getting boring. Mm. Like I'm being brutally honest. Like it's just not as fun as it was, and that's me. Well, looking teams at it just the... seem to have a, a an awfully yeah. bad habit of shooting themselves in the foot against another the teams poor... they should win yeah. against. Another another shock result uh, for Bullion Lions. Yeah. They lost one nil to to Brunswick City mm-hmm. and Paco also. No, Paco won. Oh, Paco won. Paco's back, but uh, North Geelong drew against Manningham. Yes, so that's what I meant. It all started off on Friday night. Brunswick Juventus's game was called off against Kingston and CB Smith. That was the second of two games that yeah. was called. I off. was not scheduled to call. Yep. That game so they would Juventus fans get out of Lockie's mentions, but Kingston City Brunswick fans yeah. <laughs> now they're going to be in your mentions. Yeah. But uh, Kingston City actually a bit of a let off for them because they were coming off that four day turnaround, so it probably actually suited them 
a little bit more that they didn't play. But as I mentioned, Werribee fresh off that uh, massive win against Kingston five days prior. They took the lead against Pasco Vale at home down at Costas. Might attend Park at uh, Galvin Park in Werribee through Petrika. Great name. Um, Marcus Petrika giving them the lead. But then it was all Pasco Vale in the second half. They turned things around. We've spoken about how poor their away form's been, Lockie. But they were great in the second half. Terence Carter uh, leveling things before Foster Hussey. Uh, pulling one, giving them the lead, and then as well, uh, Suleimana with the sealer. But also, we saw Nick Georgopoulos feature off the bench as well for Pasco Val since coming across to reunite with his dad. Obviously, his dad, Nick Georgopoulos Sr. Oh, just reunite is, uh, with Paco generally. Yeah, and with Paco as well in general. Obviously, Nick Georgopoulos, his dad, is the 20s coach, but he returned and came off the bench. So a big oh. result for Pasco Val just to keep themselves within it. But you mentioned the other 3 o'clock kickoff, Lockie, that it's another... Just just pointing the shotgun at your foot and saying, you know what, stuff it. Like, we're going to completely stuff well, up I that promotion race. I wonder what will race. happen if I pull the trigger. Yeah, and this is now seven points dropped out of a possible nine for Boleyn. They lost 1-0 against Brunswick City. That game was the NPL.TV game. So go check that out if you missed it. Narumi with the single goal. Brunswick City uh, under Sabadini have been better in this run. It's a massive win for them in terms of getting out of the relegation battle. But for Pauline, I mean, another disappointing uh, result for them. They've dropped points against Langwarren, Goulburn Valley, and now Brunswick City. And they really are now falling right out of the promotion race, which is really disappointing after they've shown so many good signs, Lockie. The 8-0 win against Moreland mm. City, the big win against Brunswick well, Juventus. And then they come out in these games and they just play awful. And it's, it's almost like they're the sort of... Your typical team that they rise to the occasion against the better opposition, but then against the teams they should beat, they find themselves losing. So it's really disappointing to see that Bulleen haven't been able to yeah. kick on. It's not entirely over yet, but it's just very unlikely given what happens over in Shepherd. And we said Moreland City haven't been great away from home, but actually, if my math serves me correct, they're now the best away team in the league after a 4 0 win against Goulburn Valley on the road. Um, really solidifies their yes. spot inside the top two after Brunswick Juventus didn't play. So a solid result for yeah. them. And, um, it, and we'll get to your game in a sec, Lockie, but continue. No, I just I just wanted to say on Bellin, Um, I th- think Bellin are a good example of how uh, topsy-turvy the NPL2 really yeah. is. I mean, first of all, they've built their brand off some really solid defending this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would have made the way in which they conceded the goal on the weekend. So, so aggravating for them. The back four was completely out of shape. Matthew Hennessy and Marco Begarich, the two central defenders, they were really in, in no, no man's, man's land, land for yeah. that one. But, but this goes to show how crazy it is because obviously, as you mentioned, uh, let's not forget that less than a month ago, Bulleen Lions currently in fifth. Yep. Beat, Moreland City, currently on course to get promoted. 8-0. But Bulleen have got the third best attack in the league with 36 mm-hmm. goals scored. They have the second best defense in the league with only 17 conceded. And yet, as a result of that that uh, game over the weekend, there's seven points off the top two. And if you win those seven points, drop. well, actually, you don't stuff up in those three games against Lang Warren, against Goulburn you're Valley, to- and against, three. yeah, you're, but, you're but a tie like, second. You have to admit, like, yeah. there are no metrics by which that... No. Makes sense. No, and in None this whatsoever. and in this run, Lockie, only going into that Lang Warren game, we speak about the short turnarounds. That was the only game with the short turnaround going into the Lang Warren game, and you almost took it as a bit of a pass because a lot of teams have gone down to Lang Warren this season and found it hard to come away with points. But the Goulburn Valley game last week was, you know, an, an example of 
how not to score goals. You don't show that to a young striker and say, watch this game. That's how you put the ball in the back of the net. They mm. just miss so many chances. But they're and then, still the second. They still have the third. It's best just they, in the they, they lose games. And they're fifth. But they also, they've drawn a lot of games too, Lockie. Five draws out of that. And the only one eight out of 17. Hey, look, it, look if I were more yeah. in Sydney, I would not be complaining. But remember, at all. they'd be very pleased to see the other teams remember, falling Lockie, down around them. They've scored 15 of their goals in two games. That is a good point. They scored seven against Northcote and eight against Wallace. That is City. a good point. So maybe 15 the, of those 36. Is, yeah, yeah, that's true. So. In the end, it's going to be tough for them. Um, they've got to get points next week uh, in again in the Manningham derby, which will be at Lockie. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that one a little bit later. Well, that's but, a must. Um, that's a must. Manningham, like but but Manningham at the moment are playing incredible. They actually snatched a late point against the top of the table, North Geelong, down at Petty's Reserve, thanks to Guy Guy, a former bowling player himself, was able to get that one on the board. But Lockie. Before we go and look ahead to this weekend, MPL2, I want to ask you about the Langwarren-Northcote game because that looked like easily the game of the round in terms of what happened with the the drama. But Northcote coming to Lawton Park, getting the result, and for Langwarren, a bit nervous at the moment. Two points clear of the drop, and it's getting a bit tight right now for Scott Miller's side. Yeah, well, I mean... Talk about sort of um, flashpoint sliding doors because this this was a game of them. Lang Warren went into the fixture against Northcote. Northcote, obviously, you know, they're five points away from Bullion Lions in fifth. Their season has fallen well, well short of their expectations. Obviously, they they parted ways with uh, with with Peter Salakis in the lead up to this yep. game. Uh, Andy Skoulos had his first. Uh, game as interim manager mm-hmm. against Lang Warren after three seasons as the assistant uh, to to Gus, yep. to Gus Salakis. To Gus Salakis, and so yep. their, their their season in terms of their ambitions to get promoted have pretty much fallen in a heap. They are playing to get as high up the table as they possibly can. They're in a weird weird spot at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they I guess they're only seven points now off. Well, no, seven points off more than more than Zebra. So Brunswick Juventus. Yeah, they're 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 really they're nine just, points clear of really, Like at, at this point, they're really just playing to get yeah. as far up the table as and they avoid possibly, getting dragged in. Yeah, that was as they the as danger, they possibly yeah. can. Whereas Lang Warren, if they got a win in this game, they would have been one point behind the top half of the table, the top six, mm. which is that sort of safety area, and they've got winning games to end, winnable games to end the season. But anyway. Uh, sliding doors moments in this game. Uh, Lang Warren started the better of the two sides, but then, well, they really, ch- it was a really good game. This was one of the best NPL two games I think I've ever watched. Um, yep. And maybe I'll admit to some level of bias there because I do like Northcote. I do like Lang And you Warren. also called the game. And I called the game. <laughs> but often, Nick, and you called NPL two, you yes. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I know. Games can often be very, uh, very rugged, very physical. There's not a lot of chances mm. to call on from either side. But when you don't get that, you seem to get right down the opposite end of the spectrum. You get total chaos. chaos you yeah. get lots of stuff happening. This game was was not even that. It was just a genuinely good game. Like there was lots of good goal scoring mm. chances. Um, Northcote City had a shot off the crossbar from Dennis Menelau within the opening five minutes. But there were chances going either way. Uh, before just when it looked like maybe Langy were taking a little bit more control of of the balance of play. Uh, uh, John Kunjin, the the Northcote fullback, plays a great ball into the box, and Dennis Menelau, who'd had one chance slipping by, wasn't going to make it too. He now has nine goals for the season, which very is impressive. A, is a, it's, this is kind of a breakout year for him because he had only four senior appearances mm-hmm. in twenty twenty one, just the one goal. Uh, now he's the outright leading goal scorer for Northcote. He's yeah, jumped over Vani Shamu. Yeah. Um, Northcote, of course, he was suspended. 
Uh, Luke Lofts, their English import, was suspended. So there were a lot of players missing. Uh, anyway, anyway, you get that opening. You yep. get that opening goal. Yep. Lang Warren one nil behind at the halftime interval. Very quickly after uh, a after the halftime into the second half, uh, Chris Cristaldo takes a long shot from outside of the box, and Yul Gandhi. He's had a good run, Yul hasn't Gandhi, he? Yeah. He sees this long shot being fired towards him and just sticks out a foot, Pat Langua style. Mm. And uh, you can watch the highlights on on Langy uh, on the Langy Facebook page if you want to, or the Langmore and Soccer Club Facebook page. He just sticks a foot out it. It deflects past Fraser McLaren, and Northcote think they've got a very very comfortable two uh, 0 lead. Again, your Gandhi really really rate him. Mm. Uh, I think we need to see more consistent output from him, but his dribbling ability is up there with some of the best. So he's yeah. one to keep an eye out for if you haven't been paying too much attention to the NPL two this season. But that seemed like the moment where the game was was dead and buried. Uh, then it was left to another young talent. They really were the focus of this game so far. Yeah. Uh, Lang Warren from a corner. Marwan Nilo, uh, the 18-year-old, scores his sixth goal for Lang Warren of the season. His sixth header. His sixth goal at Lawton Park. It is this freak <laughs> trend that is happening where he only scores goals with his head. Uh, he had a goal ruled out for offside with his feet, yeah. and he was distraught in this game that it happened because uh, it would have opened the scoring as well. But, yep, he continues his uh, his weird little trend. And just when it was starting to get interesting, penalty for Northcote down the other end, a handball against Kieran Dover. Up steps Zach Bates of NPL mm-hmm. 1 fame from South Melbourne. Terrible penalty. Mm-hmm. He puts it down the middle. Fraser McLaren has dived down to his right, but gets the trailing leg. You know those classic yeah. ones where they've dived, but they yeah. can still like use their reflexes yeah. in the legs to, to get it out. Makes the save, and within minutes down the other end, Lang Warren score through none other than Simon Story. former North Queensland Fury and Melbourne Victory defender Simon Story, who scored a header and he was wrapped. He was going off when he <laughs> celebrated because obviously Lang Warren have yeah. come back from 2 0 down. But Simon Story, if you go and look at his Wikipedia page, doesn't score too many yeah. goals. I think he's only scored, you know, 10 goals in his whole career. So he added another one and that made the game super duper interesting. From there, Lang Warren really, really took control. Uh, they had a shot come off the post from Tom Youngs. They looked odds on to get the win. And then right down at the death in the 93rd minute of the game, Zach a delivery Bates. in from Jonathan Bunis loops high into the sky. And there was it was like a game of markers up because three players rise into the air to try and meet this delivery. And it was a good one from Jonathan Bunis. i got to say that. Um, and I wasn't 100% sure on the day who got the final touch, but eventually the goal was credited to Zach Bates, who missed the penalty, then scored the winner, redeemed himself, and did a big old knee slide. And uh, look, Northcote have had some heartbreaking games this season. They've been left to do some serious soul-searching. They've suffered some massive losses in this campaign. And maybe this game was the sign for them um, that there is green shoots. There's light at the end of the tunnel now that they've worked through through some of the uh, the, the teething... the very, teething issues. Very happy Kotsi's corner. It was. That's what I can say. It was. Um, but yeah, because young players came through and really stood up for them. Yul Gandhi yep. got the goal. Dennis Menelau, they gave uh, two senior debuts in this game. Not quite the same for Lang Warren, who I just have to mention. This is the last thing I'll say on it. You mentioned Simon Story. The other interesting player in this game. Ramazan Tassantioglu. Yeah. So Lang Warren changed their formation a few times in the game, but they started with a four at the back. And Ramatav Sansioglu, who's only a recent signing at Langwarren, age 38, played alongside Simon Story, mm. former North Queensland Fury and Victory teammates, by the way, uh, to make 
a central defensive pairing with a combined age of 78. And if you can beat that in your state league side, in your NPL side, wherever you Let are, us know. please do. Okay, that- unless it's a Masters League because that's cheating. That is cheating. I'm not going to allow that. But if you can find a bigger centre-back, an older centre-back pairing yeah. than that, uh, you're coming on the well, show. I think Let us know. Boleen, Reach out to us. Boleen would have been close a few years ago when they had Simon Colosimo and Roddy Vargas uh, playing for yeah, them. Yeah, we don't point. talk about yeah. those times. But, uh, yeah, that would have been definitely close enough. Um, just an update of the ladder. North Geelong first on 39 points. Moreland City second on 36. Brunswick Juventus third with a game in hand. On 31, Pasco Val on 30, Boleen 29, Northcote 24 points in 6th, Manningham in 7th on 21 points. And this is where the relegation battle really heats up. So Brunswick City 8th on 18 points with that win against Boleen, taking them above both Lang Warren and Kingston City here on 17 each respectively. Lang Warren ahead of Kingston. Kingston obviously with a game in hand uh, on goal difference. And then Werribee on 15 points, two points behind in the drop zone. And Goulburn Valley right now, only on three points, three draws for the whole season, and they could be relegated this weekend. It could be all – well, actually, no, they won't be relegated because playoff. they have to play the playoffs. So yep. they're not entirely – they can just breeze into the playoffs, well, just prepare for it a little bit, you know. Yeah, except uh, they might get blown by in the playoffs. Yeah, so Probably looking ahead to this weekend, MPL 2, before we quickly run through MPL 3, it all kicks off on Friday night. Brunswick Juventus, hopefully for their sake, back in action against – your mob Lang Warren, so you actually might curse them this week, Lockie. Um, and out west, Derby, North Geelong hosting Werribee, first versus second last. A lot on the line there. Northcote City taking on GV Suns at 3 p.m. down at John K. Memorial Park. And as well, Moreland City hosting Brunswick City. So a bit of a that Brunswick that'd, that'd derby. Be very interesting, that game. I, I don't know. Brunswick, I think, is, we're starting yeah, to see a bit more from Yeah, they're playing some better them. football. Yeah. Obviously, uh, Well Money Park is a, is a hard place to yeah. go. But I, th- I think that'll be a good game. I, I would not be surprised if Brunswick City takes something from this game. They're a lot better than they should be, Lockie, in my opinion. They're yeah, no, lot. I agree. Yeah. I'm not going to go and watch it no, because absolutely. I'll be calling it game at yeah, the time. Yeah, no, but uh, I'll be enough. interested to see what the final score is. And then Monday night, we'll be down at this one. This will be live on the Bulleen Facebook page, FC Bulleen Lions, taking on Manningham United in the Manningham Derby. So a lot of geographical derbies this weekend. But Bulleen, it is must-win time for it them. Is. And it's the on... second time this game is being played at the Ven, right? Yeah, because The Manningham, reverse fixture yep. was played on the second yep. pitch. But um, obviously, just as a reminder about this game as well, we may have a bit of a special broadcast coming mm. from that one prior to the game too. But Manningham see. in some incredible form. So that's going to be a really, really fun game. And if you're not, if that doesn't tickle your fancy, well, you can go to mpl.tv. Uh, or you can head down to the Grange at 8.30 p.m. for Kingston versus Pasco Vale. A lot on the line in that one. Mm-hmm. Kingston's actually beaten Pasco Vale twice this season in both the Australia Cup and yes. in the league this that's season. That's right. And one of those games they played at, uh, if my memory... At they BT, BT Connor Connor Reserve. Yeah, yep, that's right. They did play that, and obviously Kingston won that game. Big Pretty comprehensively as well. Yeah, they did. Uh, that was a 2-1 win in that one. So... MPL 3, Lockie. Let's quickly get through this because we do have to make a move and have to get our predictions as well. We've got a bit of a special segment with our predictions, Lockie, that uh, might not be... We probably have to explain it to our podcast listeners, but uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. So in MPL 3 this weekend, Nunawadding 4, Whittlesey 1. Uh, Ballarat City defeating Springvale 3-1. So Ballarat, are, you know, back out of the bottom two, Springvale back in. Doveton defeating Western United 1-0. Real shocking result there. Dufton um, are just spoiling the party yeah. at the moment because they got a draw with, uh, uh, with, with Victory the, the week yep. before as well. So North Sunshine, 2-1 winners yesterday against Box Hill and Melbourne City. 4-1 winners over Geelong and Preston Lions on Saturday. 
solidifying their spot inside the top two. Another win, and this time at the expense of Melbourne victory, 1-0. Great goal from Chris Davies, but Connor Bell, what a ball as well, just turning Ryan Lethleen inside out mm. um, and a really, really good atmosphere down at Epping Stadium yeah, great, for that one. great crowd. Yeah, great so crowd. Preston and Melbourne City, odds on to go up right now. Melbourne City on 41 points, top of the league. They're almost just they're just about there, you'd, you'd think, with uh, five games to go. Uh, Preston Lions, five points clear of victory in second on 37. Uh, victory on 32. Western United on 29 in fourth. They're hanging on right now because none are wanting on 27 points. They are closing the gap on fourth spot. And as we mm. remember, third and fourth get another chance. Doveton, seven points behind them on 22. Geelong, 21. North Sunshine on 20 on 20 and eighth. And then the relegation battle, still quite tight for that second spot. So North Sunshine on 20 points. Box Hill on 19. Ballarat out of the drop zone on 16. Springvale second last on 15. And Whittlesey on seven points. They're probably all but going down at the moment. But Springvale and Ballarat and Box Hill really in a bit of a log jam. But it was a massive win for North Sunshine to get themselves out of that area. This weekend, uh, MPL.TV game on Friday night. So if you want if you don't want to head down to Springvale. There's also going to be another stream on Friday yes. night of MPL3. Yep. So that, we'll get to that in just a second. But Springvale taking on North Sunshine Eagles. Big relegation six-pointer there. Uh, it's second versus bottom, as mentioned, on the Preston Facebook page. Preston Lions hosting Whittlesey Rangers. Mm-hmm. Saturday, another game that's going to be streamed here on the FNR platform. Melbourne Victory versus Western United. Yeah. A lot on the line there both, between third and fourth. Both teams are desperate. Need to win. Desperate for a win. And Victory got some familiar names back now with uh, preseason returning and yeah, well, it was weird because yeah. they announced their their academy squad for the remainder of the, the season in, and yeah. then brought a bunch of the players that they'd taken out of the <laughs> squad uh, back in. Uh, yeah. One more thing on the MPL3, I just want to mention oh, for, yeah. very, very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of MPL3 adjacent anyway. Uh, shout out to the man who refereed uh, Preston against yeah. Melbourne Victory. Uh, n- not the best, a scrappy game, but good result for Preston. Six uh, wins in a row yeah. now, I think. Yeah. Uh, and they've only conceded a, a goal or two over that stretch. So they're in great form, odds on to get promoted. Uh, but the referee for this game, uh, Yanni Zizis, mm-hmm. and you're probably wondering why am I bringing up a referee? Well, weirdly enough, uh, when I was at the South Melbourne Dandenong Thunder game, uh, I bumped into Yanni Zizis. Yeah, and we nice. had a had a nice, nice. little conversation. Uh, I just the only reason I reason I wanted to mention it is because he came up to me. I'd obviously come from Langwarren. He'd come from Preston, even though I didn't know that at the time. And without even saying uh, so much as necessarily directly hello to me, he goes, what was the score at Langwarren? <laughs> and I had a good, I love it. had a good chuckle of that. Anyway, I was like, when you were, like you were at Preston, why are you now at Lakeside? Yeah. He's like, well, I live in the southeast. Uh, the other referees team who he came with, uh, he was like, they were going to the Lakeside game. I've got two kids. So I rang up my wife and said, are you going to be okay with the kids this evening? Because I want to go watch South Hill and take on Dandy Nong Thunder. <laughs> And there he was. He's yep. a very, very nice man. Good stuff, uh, so, Yanni. yeah, I, yep. I, I just I promised a, an impromptu refereeing encounter. Sensational. So I, I got to deliver it. But there we go. Yanni's Zizis uh, scoring high on the, the good bloke index. Absolutely. And just the rest of those games in MPL 3, Melbourne City versus Nunna Whiting as well down at Parade College on Saturday. Doveton against Ballarat and Box Hill Melbourne City, Nunna Whiting. That's a really interesting Really, game. really big game. Lockie, before we go, let's do our predictions for MPL Victoria. Obviously, the MPLW Victoria, the rest of MPL Women's will be spoken It's a radio, radio dub exclusive. exclusive. So, Pakua Frimpong has told us do not talk about it because she only wants... I may talk about it, but yeah. it's on the it's on radio. No, right? fair enough. So we're introducing a bit of a new segment with our predictions um, for podcast listeners. This is 
we'll read out our predictions anyway, but we've got two whiteboards here. So for those watching on at home, we're going to write down our predictions on these whiteboards and hold them up to you. shock one another with our... Yeah, are we doing scores or are we just doing teams? Just, just we're going to read out who's playing and then we'll, yeah. do, the, we'll do the scores. So uh, let's kick it off with Friday night, Green Gully versus St. Albans down at... Okay, I feel like we need some like uh, millionaire music. Well, you're the one in control. That is true. That is true. Uh, Green Gully up against who? Sorry, St Albans. St Albans. All right. Okay. Three, two, one. I'm saying two nil. To who though? Green Gully. Okay, I've gone three nil Gully. Okay, so we're both pretty much on the same spot there. Perfect. All right, let's go. Next game. Next game. Next game. Uh, Saturday afternoon, Eastern Lions versus Melbourne Knights. Eastern Lions finally going to get a point at Gardner's Creek Reserve. And will their hope, will their fate to MPL two okay. be sealed? Three, two. Hang on, no, no, I'm not ready Ooh. yet. Hang on, no, 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 I'm changing it. Oh my god, I'm changing it. I'm changing it. Three, two, one. One. Oh all. Yeah. wow, both they're, going they're going to the finally That's get a very, point. They're going to get surprising. a point. And uh, for for podcast listeners, I went a two all draw. Uh, between Eastern Lions and Melbourne Knights, Nick went for a one all draw. Next up, Altona versus Avondale down at Paisley Park. Three, two, one. I've gone nil three Altona losing against Avondale. Okay, I've gone I've gone Avondale three one. So we're, yeah. we're we're pretty similar at the yeah. moment, Nick. Well, I think these some of these results are pretty elementary, pretty cut and dry. Yeah, true. true. Uh, down in Port Melbourne, that they host Dandy City. A lot on the line there. Third versus second last. All right, three, two, one. I'm going Port Melbourne two one. Oh, Port Melbourne three one. Ooh, okay. All right, we're going to save the Oakley South Melbourne game just for last. That's the yeah, biggest no, game call, of the round. Call, call. The other right, Saturday night fixture that you will be at Dandy Thunder taking on Bentley Greens down at George Andrews Reserve. Three, two, one. I'm going a two all draw. I've gone Thunder three two. Oh yeah. Well, you keep you you you're sticking with you know. Well, I have thunders? this. I have this. Uh, this weird recollection of a game in 2019 between Thunder and Greens. A cracker, I think it was 3-2, and uh, Jonas Georgiopoulos scored an yeah. unbelievable goal. So that, that just came into my brain. And we'll see if Jonas Georgiopoulos can do the same for Heidelberg in his new colours on yes. Sunday when they take on Hume City down back at the village. 3-2-1, Heidelberg 2-0. I've gone a 2 all draw. Wow, I, I, think, like, I like Hume at the moment. I think Heidelberg back at home, I feel like they're going to you know. But their, their record at home hasn't actually been that good I this know, season. but I feel like they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna turn that around at the right point. Okay. Match of the round. Okay. South Melbourne versus Oakley. First versus second. Oakley wins. They win the championship or the premiership for 2021 and they go first this season. Ready? We're having to deliberate Three, over this one. Three, two, one. A two-all draw. I get went a so one you're going Oakley Premiers. Oakley Cannons. No, not a well. Oakley twenty twenty-one Premiers. Yes, but I just want to. I want to see an interesting uh, race to the Premiers well, played in the current year. So I'll if, go one nil to the Oakley Cannons. If we're talking about. In fact, you know what? I'm changing it. I'm changing it. I'm going to go with Steve Curtin. It's a it's a one all draw. All right, all right. I, I, all right, I just remembered right, that Joe Knowles right. probably isn't going to be playing, and yep. that does make a colossal right. difference. I don't think they can win without Joe Knowles. Well, we'll see what happens there. If you you're not there at Lakeside Stadium, or you are. I'm going to be down there with Josh Parrish calling that one. That's uh, an exclusive for you, Brenton. So you can add that one uh, to the tweet. You just made the list. Yep. So looking forward to that one. It's going to be a cracker. So get there. Be there. It's going to be huge. Can't wait for it. Saturday night, 6.45 at Lakeside Stadium. The top two teams battling it out. And will Oakley seal the 2021 premiership? It's all on the line. But Lockie, it is time for us to say goodbye. But we may be doing this show next week from a different location. Perhaps. So stay tuned. Yeah.